I'm giving you a choice. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. I already am eating from the trash can all the time. The name of this trash can is ideology. The material force of ideology makes me not see what I'm effectively eating. What do you get when a philosophy podcast is made by a guy raised on anime, pro wrestling, and martial arts? You get Must Triumph by Sam Yang. Must Triumph mixes music, storytelling, and a curriculum to teach philosophy, but in its own way. The Must Triumph podcast fills a gap. For a particular group of practical philosophy and life advice fans who prefer Noam Chomsky, Bernie Sanders, and Slavoj Zizek over Jordan Peterson, who believe you can't improve yourself unless you improve the collective. Much of what ails us is not an irregularity, but a feature of our current society. You can find Must Triumph wherever you listen to podcasts or directly at musttriumph.com. What do you want me to do? You just want me to hit you. Come on, give me just one favor. Why? Why? I don't know why. I don't know. Never been in a fight. You? No, but that, that's a good thing. No, it is not. How much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? I don't want to die without any scars. So come on, hit me before I lose my nerve. Oh, God. This is crazy. So go crazy. Let her rip. Hey, I don't know about this. I don't either. Who gives a shit? No one's watching. What do you care? Wait, what? This is crazy. You want me to hit you? That's right. What, like in the <laughs> face? <laughs> Surprise me. This is so fucking stupid. Oh. Motherfucker! Welcome, everyone, to another extra special weekly episode of Struggle Session. Hello. Uh, I'm Jonathan Daniel Brown. I'm Jack Allison. I'm Leslie the Third, And today we're joined by returning special guest, Aubrey Sitterson. Hey, boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks are there for ma- being here. Are there, many, are there many in the two-timers? Today? I don't think that there are. Maybe there's one or it's two. It's you a and Nick Weiger. Weiger. Michael Brooks. Michael yeah. Brooks. Does it count if people came on Bree, like a, Bree Gray. a Twitch stream? Yeah. We have to fight. Abby. Uh, T. Abby Monteroyal. Abby T. Um, Has he been on three times now? Yeah, he's been. I think he. Yeah, he's been on three times. Oh, wow, three that times. the reigning champion. He's my mortal, <laughs> he's my mortal enemy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks for being here. Of course, uh, man. Uh, We're talking about one of my favorite things. Uh, Rhett, fight, fight Club. club? Fight yeah. Club, well, yes. Also, also wrestling, I, th- I, I thought guess, for a second mostly there, Fight Club. Well, I was confused. I was like, I was like, you mean your book? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess my book, but mostly Fight Club. Mostly Chuck my E. Book. book. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get into Aubrey's uh, new book, uh, The uh, Comic Book History of Professional Wrestling. Is comic that the correct? Story of comic Book Story. It's good. It is yeah. a history. Hey, thanks, friend. Yeah, it thanks for good. sending me the you know a digital copy. I, of course. I, I am poor, so it's always appreciated. <laughs> uh, but we'll we'll get in that later, okay? So uh, this is going to be, you know, this isn't just our normal deep dive, okay? This is a critical reinterpretation. This is actual scholarship we're wow. doing live in podcast form, yep. okay? Because this film, 
Fight Club. Mm-hmm. It has, you know, in the 20 years since this came out, it's taken a lot of things, okay? It's become something that, that symbolizes to people a certain kind of aesthetic idea and politics that we really, I, I certainly don't feel is fair um i i i, st- I saw like I, so it has become like a real meme i saw and last week it really set me off because maybe for the seventh or eighth time somebody made up a story about going on a blind date and the guy telling them that their favorite movie was fight club and then walking out mm-hmm. like first of all <laughs> yeah. that has never happened second of all <laughs> if that happened in 2018 and you you're on a blind date and your your partner says his favorite their favorite film is Fight Club all that means is that you're both in your 40s right? <laughs> that's all that means there's no other uh, cultural yeah. meaning behind it because hey, the I'm movie 35 and I I, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm 35 and I think after watching it the other night I think I think Fight Club is one of my favorite movies it like, is oh, it's a, yeah, I mean look I it's a masterpiece and it's yeah. and it's really well, this before we those, blow, okay. before we talk about how good it is, we should, before we blow you know, our load, is that what you're going to yeah, say? Yes, we, we should talk about like <laughs> how, late, how we could talk. We should talk about the cultural understanding of it now sure. and how we're going to change it. So, like this, there's this idea around Fight Club that's like a fascist <laughs> work. Right. Like it's like extremely right wing. Um, it's all like all the people who watch, or at least that's the how what people took from it. A lot of people sure. love to say that all the people like Fight Club don't understand it. Like they, they're just not smart. They misinterpret it. Yeah, it could be a good film. But like people love nothing more than to take like a very simple movie and claim that other people don't understand it so that they can sound smart. Like yeah. Inception, The Matrix, like people <laughs> love pretending like you know, these Leslie, movies are so complicated and everybody else is so stupid and doesn't understand. I feel like people who get mad at Fight Club are like the people who get mad at The Sopranos for glorifying the mafia. <laughs> it, this is one of those uh, death of the author taken to an absurd extreme. I agree. Where... It's very clear. I mean, look, 1999 was when the movie came out, a couple of years after Palahniuk's book. And that same year, Office Space came out. We were at the end of the first major tech era, and we were starting to see uh, Generation X begin to turn against right. it. M- the Matrix fits in with that, too. Yeah, sure. Course, I think. Yeah. And yeah. these Matrix movies like all start with these guys and like. I think uh, also 99. Also 99. Yeah, yeah dude. I, I agree with you. And I. I would expand it even further. I think it's similar to the thing that happens um, whenever you want to sit down and you want to do a movie about the horrors of war. Um, and the problem with that is war looks awesome. It looks cool. Yeah. War, it explosions looks cool. are dope. Yeah. War looks so, so rad. It's crazy right? like, when people like, get blown up and, and shit. Films, it's crazy. Books, books about the horrors yeah. of war always make war look amazing. Yeah. And so I think that's something that Fight Club struggles from. But also, man, I'll be honest, I like I went into it not having watched it since, so I um, I was talking to Leslie. I was like, I was like, hey, is stream it anywhere? He says, no, I don't think so. Uh, we might be able to find you, like, I don't know. I'll look around and see if we can it's find on a the, link or something. Uh, it's on a certain box. Yeah, <laughs> and like, and I and I said, no worries, friend. I still have my DVD. <laughs> <laughs> wow, with the director's commentary and everything. Yeah, man, uh, and I, the Fox copyright logo that changes into a warning from Tyler Durden. Ah! Dude, it does exactly. You know, uh, That's so funny. So I still had that, and I hadn't watched it in forever, though. Um, and I put it on, and I'll be honest, I was 
shocked and because i i had for so long heard this narrative of it being having been misinterpreted and picked up by the wrong people and it was like this kind of flawed metaphor that appealed to like the worst in humanity Mm -hmm. and like i I think i even talked to leslie about this offline just like i i equated it to catcher in the rye because that's a book i feel very i I feel Mm -hmm. that way about catcher in the rye okay because you read catcher in the rye and as as like an angry angsty teen as i was and you you identify with holden caulfield and you Mm -hmm. say look everybody's a fucking phony and holding holding caulfield gets it and he's the only real motherfucker (laughs) on earth right (laughs) i still identify with holden i like him better well (laughs) (laughs) but like but you know i honestly believe that like the point of that book is holden's a fucking asshole and phoebe is the one you're supposed to identify with right (laughs) and like I bought into that as the narrative of Fight Club as well. That, like, mm-hmm. you're supposed to watch this thing with disdain for Tyler Durden. Sure, sure. And yeah. um, hatred for everything that he stands for and how, you know, maybe it started from a, a not necessarily a good place, but a reasonable place, and then it grew into something else. That's how I felt about it as, like, a teen. I watched it now, and the whole fucking time I thought, yes. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. Blow up the fucking corporate art. I know, art. yeah. Send a ball through the Starbucks. <laughs> right. Destroy the credit card company. Yes. Project I, Mayhem, I, baby. I've right. spiraled so far right. left that like now I'm, I'm like, this is this is perfect. And yeah. like it's, I, I think that, are you ready for my big, <laughs> I'm sorry, have I completely derailed this? No, no. 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 You're talking this about is what the episode's club. about. <laughs> I, I, I'm just desperate to get this out because wow. I've, I've been sitting on it for days now. <laughs> I think that Fight Club, the movie, and it's totally separate from the book, which is like a whole other conversation. I don't know if you all want to have or not. We'll have they, it. I've read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are different in significant ways. But the movie, just talk about the movie right now. I think the movie, having come out 20 years ago and seen, having seen what has happened culturally and politically in in the past two decades, Fight Club is an object lesson in the way that after after our culture will acknowledge an issue or a problem, in this case, male angst and rage, mm-hmm. especially young male angst and rage, the left completely drops the ball. Yeah. Yes. On, yes. On on taking that and directing it in the prop with, through the proper channels. The fact that people on the and so like. You can't ignore the fact that people on the right and reactionary and fascist motherfuckers have co-opted the imagery sure. and Absolutely. the text and language of whoa, whoa. Club I, I, I do have purposes. a little bit of a pushback on it, but we, okay. but continue. Okay, like I, you can't deny that that had. I, I can't deny that that's happened. Leslie can deny it. <laughs> but, <laughs> we'll see. But but it's not. That's not what was there initially, and it's a failure of the left to come in and say, look. <laughs> there, there's, it's a failure of the left to have not properly used Fight Club as a recruiting tool. I mean, yes, look, I watched this movie. Honestly, that's really what it comes you watch this movie, and it like uh, you know the themes of this movie are about like this is an know, anarchist movie. It is. It's yeah. like we're living in under corporate drudgery. Like you don't have any freedom at your work, and you should break out of that. Like you're absolutely right that the reaction to this movie was like, wow, what a disgusting thing. Like these young men should not feel this way. When actually, it's like you know. Maybe if there is a if there's a movie about how we should blow up all the credit card companies and yeah. about how working at an office job <laughs> is bad. Pitt, when Brad Pitt talks about the leather you'll wear for the rest of your life, I come every single time. <laughs> every single time I hear it. To, Still, to give to you an day. example of how warped the alt right takes any of the lessons from any of the literature or films from the the Gen X era of anti corporate. Fuck Bush, fuck Clinton, uh, you know, Battle for Seattle era fiction. Uh, I was reading recently about a group called the Knights of Vinland, and they're a 
I hate it already. Yeah. There's an anime there are, called Vinland there are, Saga. They're an alt-right biker gang Ooh, that, is cool. pro, that is pro-ecological. They're pro-nature. Uh, okay. And they're, they call themselves hyper-masculinists. And it's run by... Are they by, Odinists? Are they like super so, into like Norse yes, mythology? Yes, but it's, oh, it's run by a gay man who will only let straight people join. <laughs> and he hates traditional uh, homosexuality. He says that... He he is gay not because he is one of them, but because he loves masculinity and men so much he has um, to fuck right, them. Right, there was right. like a big there was a big thread of that. It's like this like and romanticization that's, that's actually of like Palinuk. Greek, Greek man boy. Mm-hmm. Love, right? Yeah, but Palinuk is you know was was in the closet for many 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 years, and and it, you know I think that. He's no, been I'm out not, for a while, though. Like he's been out for a long time, but I think a lot of people reading it in the I think any gay person who read Fight Club in the '90s could probably figure out or choke or pretty much any of Palomar's books. Choke definitely, Lullaby definitely too. I think it has a lot of like hidden LGBT themes, but I think it also. Palinuk wrote for straight people, so it created this really I don't think interesting... He wrote, I don't think he wrote for straight people. He wrote the book for men. And mm-hmm. he, he says it specifically, I wrote this book for men. This is this. He wrote Fight Club. The concept was Joy Luck Club, uh, how to make an American quote for men. And he just wanted to uh, remove some of the sentimentality because he thought men wouldn't uh, glom on to it. But actually, I think it is still quite sentimental, especially at least the film version is. I, I just got done watching it but what i want to say about like the alt-right and how they misinterpret it first of all the alt-right does not like fight club because it's an anarchist movie it's not a movie about strong white men who go out and be white men and then make more white babies it's about white men who just want to hang out with each other and create something like that's fair i think there's a distinction though between alt-right trends and just kind of more general reactionary trends. And yes, I think that, yes, I yes. Think there are, and I think, so I, I would agree with you. This is not an, a movie that the alt-right has picked up. Yeah. Like, it, but it's definitely a movie that like South Park reactionaries. Libertarians sure, love sure, Libertarians, sure. you know? Yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. So it's definitely that strain. But but it's important to make that distinction because Fair. it's 20 years on and people are still, whatever new right movement comes along, they're going to associate with Fight Club. And we right. have to say- There like, was no alt-right no, then. This is our like, movie. We have We're to say, it. Yeah, we have to. First of all, we have to rec- we have to push back on that. Second of all, we can reclaim it. Like Aubrey, you said it perfectly. Like we missed the opportunity. Ah, I'm, of so this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so smart. So well spoken. What uh, is this film about? It, like it's it's about a guy who feels extremely alienated and mm-hmm. lost and lonely. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he does is you know go to these self help groups where the first thing he does is hug and cry with another man. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he does. That's his first solution. The next solution is fighting but the fighting is like not the point the fighting is bonding every after every fight you see the guy smiling and hugging i think the fighting is the point so I'm going to push back on you. Oh, okay. okay. I think the well, fight. I think uh, I'm going to knock. No, no. Well, I, I would uh, just say I, the fighting could be something else. I, it could be, but I think yeah, that the I fighting's mean. crucial. But and and this is coming from a guy who <laughs> who loves professional wrestling more than anything else and wrote a big book about <laughs> professional wrestling. So take that. So take that into consideration. Sure. But I think that the fighting is crucial because the fighting is an outlet, and I think that this is this is another area where the left com- continues to whiff. And just just miss a huge opportunity um, in that there are these strains of masculine aggression. Mm-hmm. Um, how what percentage of them are culturally created? What percentage of them are biological from testosterone and things pumping through your body, especially when you're a angsty hormonal young teenager? Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I can't weigh in on that, on the breakdown. But that but that stuff does exist, and it does need an outlet. Mm-hmm. And if, yes. if it doesn't have an outlet, it curdles and becomes right. something nasty and ugly. And I think that Fight Club is that's the that is the outlet for these guys and they remake and improve and build upon themselves through the the expenditure of violence and anger and aggression and i think that that's something beautiful and crucial to not just fight club but understanding the world at large that you know like people talk about it all the time like in terms of like you know your sadness and your depression and you have to let it out and you can't just bottle it up mm-hmm. and it'll eat you alive inside the same thing's fucking true of anger anger you know, yeah. of anger and rage um but it is a it is culturally not as acceptable mm-hmm. to to get all pissed off and shout. Well, yeah. I would. I would. Sometimes I fucking need to. That's, I would say. I would take it a step further, and I would say that neoliberal social politics explicitly discourage male catharsis, and not they just do neoliberal, it. Leftist, left, leftist, and neoliberal. Yeah, Every, I, on, I think on all si- on all sides of the political spectrum, except the right, the right, right. the right is the right, are the yeah. only ones who've been clever enough to say, listen. Young teenage boys are mad, are pissed off, and they're going to be pissed off no matter what. They've right. always been too pissed off. It's hormonal. It's just something they go through. Right. They don't become actual reasonable human beings until like around twenty five. <laughs> and we, and we, and, and they're the yeah. I know, it was a little bit longer for me too. <laughs> uh, but but the right is the only side of things that's actually found a way to use that. Right. And it's and not always this like. Saying that that's always been the case would be ahistorical, but certainly in recent history, yeah. nobody has been able to take young, pissed off dudes yeah. and put them to a good cause. Well, and you know, you, uh, uh, if you look at the uh, uh, the like registration rates between like Republican and Democrat for millennials, this is true actually. And I'm not even like a big stats hound. I just remember this one and thought it was significant. You look at for millennials, it's like you know Democrats are up way above Republicans. You look at uh, uh, millennial men, Democrats are still uh, up way over Republicans. You reduce it down to millennial white men, and they are registering at a higher rate as Republicans of course than they, they are as Democrats. Of course they are. I mean, and this is, I mean, this is why Jordan Peterson has such a great appeal. Right. This is why all of these, like, the intellectual dark web. Yeah, that's why these guys have such a great appeal, because they start from something that's accurate that no one else is addressing, mm-hmm. which is the fact that young men are being left behind. Yeah. Right? They're they're graduating high school at lower rates. They're yeah. getting accepted into college at lower rates. Now, this doesn't this doesn't get rid of the, the huge, answers are the wrong. huge structural right. advantages given to men, especially sure. white men, especially white, straight, cis male, able bodied yeah. men, right? right? It doesn't uh, it doesn't get rid of that. It doesn't cancel it out. White men still have it really good compared to everybody else on the face of the planet. Sure. But the fact that culturally you know, and when, here's the thing: when you're like a 17 year old boy, mm-hmm. you don't understand. You don't understand the larger, the larger structure understand of anything. everything. Yeah, you don't understand anything except for fighting and fucking. <laughs> Why guys like Peterson have such an easy time recruiting? Yeah. Because they start from a place that's real, and no one else is addressing it. No right. one, no one else is addressing this seething, churning rage and anger, whether mm-hmm. it's right or not. Yeah, that exists within young men. I mean, it's that's the same what, thing. That's what with, Fight Club spoke to. Yeah, it's, it's super powerful. It's really the same thing with with why Trump won as well. It's okay. like you know, uh, uh, it's going out there and finding people that are angry and having you know that and that no one is speaking to their specific concerns and then addressing those concerns with like wrong answers. There <laughs> like was getting out there and exactly. saying these are real problems and here are the wrong answers. Well, and the, what yeah. we need is something everybody can get behind, which is which is killing your boss <laughs> yeah. or, or, or yeah, blowing up corporate. Or yeah. blowing up corporate art, or destroying the credit card <laughs> companies—like that's the genius. They don't kill anybody's boss, I guess. That's I don't know. That's maybe me 
projecting well, Pop those Jeff Koontz balloons. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about Fight Club, watching the movie, what becomes clear is that, okay, first of all, it's not just about young men. Like, most of the men are, like, middle-aged, and they're actually pretty diverse. There's a lot of members right. who are who are di- uh, different races. Um, like, it's not just about white dudes. Of course, you know, Tyler Durden is white, and he's, like, it's, there, so there's only, like, there's not a ton of, like, characters with, you know, real, like, speaking parts in it. So, like, the image of Brad Pitt has become the image of the whole entire film and but it's really about there's a certain point in the film where it says tyler is no longer important he's he fades into the background and becomes something larger and this is after they start bonding project mayhem after they start fighting and they start project mayhem and i think this is where people like somebody said uh to me like yeah they have yeah they want to blow up the banks but they but they weigh the op Project Mayhem operates is fascist because they're all under direct leadership of Tyler, but that's actually not true. That's not true. Um, they try to cut Tyler's balls off. And that's, also, <laughs> that's, also not what, that's also not what fascism is, having yeah. a leader, right? Like that, that's, like, that's, like, that's like a weird like new left conflation with any, of any kind of hierarchy with fascism, <laughs> which is nonsense, right? And like, I, get, I get like the non-hierarchical approach, and yeah. sometimes it's real good. But, but this but straight like, up was non-hierarchical. They were going to cut his balls off. Police were going to cut his balls off Dude, at the and end they the were film. independently operating cells that he yeah. could not stop yeah too. absolutely yeah it's fight club is dsa is yeah i is. was gonna say <laughs> fight club is how dsa should operate because, <laughs> I agree. Uh, because they do have you know they do say no questions you know everybody has to be fully committed if you break the rules you get your balls cut off stop fucking uh, talking about it stop, yeah. stop talking <laughs> about it yeah do not talk about it do not stop fucking talking about dsa <laughs> Yes, I like like wow. I, don't, I don't have a, I don't have an axe to grind with TSA. I do wish yeah, people no, would stop yeah, fucking talking about it though. The, the, you know, but, but but it is interesting. Uh, Durden is not an authoritarian leader, but he is somebody who uses uh, a cult of personality and charisma to get the ball rolling. I don't think there's yes, anything wrong exactly. with that. I don't think there's anything wrong. Literally, with <laughs> I think it's I think it's yeah. necessary. If you want if you want to build a mass movement, you need a charismatic populist motherfucker at the yeah. front of it. You yeah, need you it, do. and like just we're just we're not talking in terms of like ideal ways to build a government we're talking about practical ways to move forward how to elect people yeah, yeah. you want yeah. it needs to be somebody that's like fun that people want to hang out with well, yeah. I, I think in more about how to with. get the revolution started myself uh, yeah i feel need, like yeah you need a charismatic motherfucker that's for that true. too right Yes, absolutely. Like it, it, it's a, and it's so because it, I, I, I stated the plot of the film is basically that you know you feel crappy about your job, so you go out, you meet your neighbors, you bond with them, you do fun projects, and then you destroy capitalism. <laughs> That's what the film is it's about. Yeah, and we really, and I really want to talk now about how. Why did we miss this? How did we get this so wrong? I think the first problem is this film came out in 1999. One of the greatest of, years ever. Yeah, I was film. 15. I didn't understand anything. Yeah, but yeah. it came I out in everything. Was badass. <laughs> yeah, it came out in 1999 instead of 2009. It came out before the financial crisis. Right. So people weren't thinking about the banks as their yeah, enemies. Right. In I mean, the anxiety was there. We had the battle for Seattle. We had, you know, the. That wasn't uh, mainstream the, yet, though. The yeah. corporate consolidation under Clinton. The Telecommunications but, Act. But nobody yeah, remember, blowing nobody up banks about that. was like, about it. if you watch the movie in 99, you were like, that's terrorism. You watch exactly. it after 2009, you're like, that's your hero. That's right. A big, that's, <laughs> a di- that's a big difference, man. Like, yeah, I Fight Club was enormously important to me as a kid. Um, and there's, there's important aspects of it that I picked up on. And then there's stuff that I completely missed. And 
one of the things that I picked up that that hit so hard for me was this idea of male aggression and rage and it not being addressed anywhere mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in like my suburban Richmond, Virginia school. It, mm-hmm. it, there just didn't feel like there's an appropriate outlet for it. And me and my shitty friends would start beating up on each other yeah. like, on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then there's stuff like, yeah, like the, the blow at the bank stuff, which completely went over my head. And like me at 15, my view of this movie and what I thought the message of this movie was all this stuff is good up until a point at which Tyler Durden or, you know, let's just use Brad Pitt and Edward Norton, right? Or we can just say Jack and Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. Let's use Jack. Jack and right? Tyler. So like there's a point at which, Ty, you know, Tyler's right, and Tyler helps Jack, and up to a point, like he doesn't have limits, and he things just go too far. I would Project ar- Mayhem was like the line in the sand that he crossed, and it became something ugly, and that that was what I took away from it. But I think that that you know, and that's why people look at this thing as like, oh, look, people learned the wrong lessons from this because they they didn't understand the right lessons to begin, <laughs> to begin <laughs> with. Because it is it is it is really an anarchist text, man, and yeah. I think that that's. That's crucial to understanding it. Well, I was going to say, look at the relationship between uh, Marla Singer and then uh, the Jared Leto's babyface character. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the the entire the entire crooks of those two characters are just how people who necess- like well with 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 babyface, it's it's the act of destroying something and the act of you know. Uh, he says he wants to destroy something beautiful when he kicks the shit out of him and keeps going, but it's not. It's it's arguable whether that character is is I don't know that that felt like such that, a violation to me when I rewatched it. as a kid I was like mm-hmm. yeah fuck Jared Leto but like, <laughs> fuck Jordan Catalano <laughs> what I thought as a kid but now that felt that felt like such a huge violation because he broke the rules and that, broke one that of the was, primary rules that he that had was made. sort of what was interesting about that moment was. How it, you know, it sort of it plays into that argument about how how uh, you know the cautionary elements. The cautionary elements seem to be with the outsiders, with uh, with Robert Paulson and with uh, Marla Singer, who they you know they are in a way victims of Tyler Durden. They are collateral damage, and they are people who get hurt. I think that something really interesting about that that I picked up this time that I did not as a child, which is everything, right? Um, but it's. Th- those three characters, right? Um, Blondie, uh, Meatloaf, and and, um, and Johnny Depp, and Johnny, Hughes, yeah. or whatever, like Lady Johnny Depp. Uh, like uh, the three of them, they represent Jack's or Tyler's failure to consider the human element, which I think mm-hmm. is also really important. And mm-hmm. I think it's something like with all of our like big dick swing and talk about blowing things up and destroying capitalism and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, you you. I think that's the, that's the important moral here because like the, if you look at there's a reading of Fight Club the movie that um, comes away is really misogynistic right because mm-hmm. the way that Marla Singer's treated in by the main characters and without any real repercussions right. either. Um, yeah, but she, I, think, I mean Helena Bonham Carter's character is mostly considered uh, I, I don't know disposable not that disposable but I, I, I think she's, she's essential uh, but yeah, I mean, he I, doesn't I like, know it because he's you know. Uh, crazy, right? Exactly. Right. She's, it's like, she's it's a like, manic goth dream girl. It's like right, also, it's right? like, like kind of like she's there to save Tyler. My takeaway too, and I even like felt this. Like I think when I originally watched it, is that it's like kind of tragic. You know right. what I mean? Like yeah. I think this is people bringing to the movie and say this is them being like the movie was too mean to that character. And I'm like, but like, it's kind of aren't you like supposed to? It's feel? a love like, triangle I felt like that was tragic. Yeah, yeah. Sides but, it's all, of but it's also representative of one guy <laughs> of Tyler's failure. Right. It's, it's his. It's 
it's how he gets lost right. in this larger plan and larger scheme while completely losing the human element, which is also a thing to be aware of when we're mm-hmm. talking about kind of uh, just like everyday praxis and like how we live our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's great to talk about smashing capitalism and, you know, whatever the big plan this week is, right? But you also have to understand that you need people to make this happen. You need all mm-hmm. kinds of people and you can't just toss people away, whether it's um, whether it's a woman in your life, whether yeah. it's somebody who, whether it's a young pretty guy who you resent for some reason, mm-hmm. whether, it's whether it's some it's... old sad guy mm-hmm. who you think is fucking useless, or you need, someone you need that you're a coalition. afraid, you need everybody. Yeah, and I think that that's, yeah. that's the proper thing to take away. From. Yeah, that's that's it. that's literally what this. I just watched the film this morning, and mm-hmm. that's literally what the scene of Robert Paulson's death is saying is like mm-hmm. you can't toss these people away. When Tyler comes back, well, well, when Jack comes back, and he thinks he's Jack, but he's freaking out because like this is a man. He died because all of you were stupid and like they're reading this as oh we have to actually take these lives seriously we even though we are part of this larger project where we've kind of given up our identity there is still a human element there and and that's the lesson that the project mayhem actually takes and incorporates into their you know uh philosophy and uh philosophy and i i I really liked uh, again i'm watching it i almost thought of it as like a romantic comedy between Tyler <laughs> and Marla because you when they meet cute like it's literally just a meet cute right it like is, they have witty up. dialogue yeah. they kind of don't like each other at first and then there's this moment in the middle where they're just so sweet to each other right. like <laughs> even though they're so mad like you can tell like these are two people who like love each other like and compare from- and contrast that to the dying woman that talks about how she wants to get laid at the beginning of the movie right. and the support group and you see how, how and, and uh how how they they you know that marla and tyler are perfect because they're both these uh they're both empty they're both frauds before they started what they started before they got the ball rolling they were just complete they were vessels mm-hmm. well they i had, wouldn't say they're they're vessels but they're but they need they're they're looking for somebody they're looking for a human mm-hmm. connection and human compassion and of course the they bonded over ladies. being fakes they're but suffering the, but from the, the same shit it's just mm-hmm. they have different i mean i think that this is like and this is where it can and this is like where the the kind of sticky gender stuff of fight club comes into play mm-hmm. because very much in the story um you know they have masculine values keyed to Jack and feminine values keyed to uh, Marla Singer and they're suffering from the same malaise but they have to go about solving it in different ways mm. and so that can that can be read as really gender essentialist yeah. which does kind of I don't know how I feel about it honestly but that is the text like right. that, that is I'm not saying it's right or wrong Palinuk is not like when it comes to gender particularly progressive he's not great about it yeah but I mean, I don't, that's not, that's that's not, not what a deal breaker about. for me but it's you know it's, it's not what the book's about like I, I do think the gender politics of Fight Club are kind of a I just feel like we need to acknowledge it right that it's if a we, mess if sure. we don't somebody's gonna yell us for not acknowledging yeah. it. Don't right? yell but, at no, us. No, I will d- I will defend Marla. She's my favorite character in this film. She I will defend Marla to the death. She's my favorite character in this film. I love her. And I feel so sorry for her every time she yeah. comes back mm-hmm. and Jack is just so mean to her. I think you're supposed to take away like that Tyler is a fucking asshole. And then at the end, like when she still like forgives him, but she just calls him crazy. Like she's she's supposed to be the crazy one throughout the film, but she's actually like, oh wait, you're actually the one that's really um fucked up. And I'm gonna forgive you anyway and we're gonna see what how how this goes i i do think that the gender and i do agree that chuck Palahniuk is not a guy who writes about gender right, right. Yeah. as as 
as male and female relate to one another. He certainly writes about masculinity. Yeah. That's his focus. Yeah. And so it shouldn't come as a surprise that the female character in this in this story is really just a tool for the male character right. to explore and discover and learn things yeah. about himself. I don't think that's fair. I don't really? I think Marler has her own shit going on. Like she does. Obviously, obviously like and the, the like what I mean, she's the only other character with like any kind of an arc or like things going on or life happening. It's literally just two characters in this film and, and it's mostly just about Tyler and Jack and their conversation i think she's a i still think she's like a real person like i really I mean, actually it is think, a love triangle and yeah you know? and i think that construction of like her character only serves this character i'm like it's a story like right. you have a main right. character but, and then everything else is in service yeah. of that character. <laughs> like that's not unusual like i feel like this is the liberal like discourse about how I, films should be how movies should be and this is part of the reason why fight club got tossed away because it doesn't meet these doesn't fit in with these, these criterion that, are just, that have nothing disagree to do with something you said, which is this idea that like, I, th- I think it when you're a storyteller, every choice matters. And it's sure. your, it's your job as a storyteller to think about every single choice. Uh-huh. And, and I'm not saying it is a deliberate thing on Chuck Lennox's part. I'm not saying this is a misogynistic film. I am saying, however, that Marla exists as a prize for Jack to win. Marla, I don't Marla, agree. Marla does not change. Marla he, does not have an arc. Well, I, but he Marla, does win her over at the beginning. It's and then he loses her, and then he and he gets her back at the end. And they listen to the Pixies. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> that is well, actually. You know what? That's a great segue to talk about the differences between the it is. book and the yeah, movie yeah, yeah. because the book. It, you, you know, the book is different. The for book sure. actually is a cautionary tale. I would argue. I would argue that the book is much bleaker. It's much less hopeful, and it's. You know, obviously, it has a substantially less ambiguous ending. Like, it is the book unequivocally states that Project Mayhem is bad, Tyler Durden is bad, and he, he dies. He ends, up in a, well, he ends up in a sane asylum. Right. Right? Isn't he murdered? Or, well, you think, you think that he's dead, and then the way it's described, it's described as heaven, and it's, right. it's oh, heavily right. implied it's that it's doors. insane asylum. Yeah. And, yes. and all of the orderlies and doctors, they have like bruises and cuts on their faces. Uh-huh. That's right. That's right. That's like, right. Defer to him. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, he he ends up in uh that and that was that's where the uh, Fight Club Two comic picked up, which I haven't read that. We're not, not going to talk about. It. Yeah, not talk about it. that does not exist. It, uh, yeah, first rule of Fight Club Two comic: do not talk. About it. There is no Fight Club Two. Fight Club Two does not exist. <laughs> no, but the the book, the book doesn't play with moral. I mean, Chuck Palahniuk himself said he liked the movie's ending better than the book's ending, which is really interesting, yeah. because. You are right. In the movie, he does win back Marla. He blows up the buildings. Project Mayhem's success. Tyler and uh, Jack make peace with their dual existence. Right. And uh, the chaos continues on into the you know the uh, ambiguous future. But yeah. he unites. Book- he unites the the feminine impulse and the masculine impulse right. in order to move forward into a better world. And mm. that's and that's kind of what my beef with Marla Singer's character would be, which is that she... Do you feel that she's just like another element of that same person, like a trinity? Yeah. Interesting. Thanos ring. One of the uh, the Thanos gems. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm the the heart gem. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think they're just in love. Yeah, I'm with Elle here. (laughs) They're they're obviously in love from the beginning of the film. He doesn't even... I don't even think it's fair to say that he wins her back because she never stopped being in love with him. She got like mad at him, but like... I but. 
at the end, but when she's he's trying to put her on the bus, the last thing she wants to do is go. Like like that's it's a so complicated. Uh, it is a complicated text in terms of gender issues. It and reminds me. with it is that I, I think it's hard. Like the gender issues of it are difficult to parse, and I understand why people look at it. Sure. Kind of why people give it side eye in terms of gender issues. I get it. It doesn't bug me watching it. Right. But I do understand because it's it truly isn't about that. Mm-hmm. You know. I would say what's what's interesting is that I do think that their relationship reminds me of that uh, the one in Harold and Maude, which is a much different movie. But <laughs> it bit. is a romantic comedy relationship. It, it is. literally it is. is. Every it romantic is. comedy the beat. has the exact same relationship. Dude, I think we need to. We've been kind of skipping over and glossing over something important. It's also, I mean, because I think JDB, I think you mentioned it was a. Uh, a love triangle, but the romance between Jack and Tyler is real. Yes, of too. course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that yeah. is that has become one of my favorite things in cinema is just a romance between two dudes learning to love each other, right? <laughs> a bromance. Yeah, you might seriously call it. though, like whether a narcissistic Lord, romance. Whether it's, whether it's Lord of the Rings, yeah, or sure. Pineapple Express, sure. or whatever. These are some of my favorite. Men movies. becoming friends. Yeah, uh, dude. Uh, but also the, like line, the, the line between GTA Five. The, yeah. li- <laughs> the line between <laughs> self-actualization, self-acceptance, and you know, narcissism and sociopathy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think an important thing about Fight Club in this regard is that it blames, you know, when it who is to blame? When it comes time to find people to blame and there's a really great scene, it's like when they're sitting in the, the bathroom, like, cutting their toenails or whatever, <laughs> or taking a bath and they're like, you know, um, who would you want to fight? Like, who's the number one person you want to fight? And Jack says his boss, right? Mm-hmm. So he blames he blames the capitalist yep. system. And then right? he literally beats the shit out and of then, himself. And then Tyler, and then Tyler, when he chooses who he wants to fight, his dad. He, mm-hmm. And I think that that is crucial in terms of like the gender studies reading of Fight Club. That never do they say, "Oh, I want to fight my fucking mom. <laughs> <laughs> I want to fight my ex wife. Right. It is true, girlfriend the, or whatever." The like, target is painted exactly. on capitalism. It, yeah, it, it's capitalism, and it is uh, men an abdication of responsibility mm-hmm. by men. Yeah, yeah. They talk a lot I think about that. That's crucial. That. Yeah. Like your father left. Your father left. Your father is God. I, what I does actually that mean? also, by the way. You know, I don't want to open up the whole Marla Singer Singer can of worms again, but I also can kind of look at the way she's treated by uh, Tyler Durden in the movie as like the movie is uh, is an indictment of that. I think it's yes, like, it actually, actually to show like sure. the movie talks about men, uh, uh, you know, that that being a failing of men, and so in some ways it's like to show what this kind of ugly failing of well, men know, can look really like. Funny, there's a really funny scene where she talks about, and it's funny for the reasons that I think people. For, for different reasons than people actually like that scene. She talks about how the condom is, you know, the glass zipper, the mm-hmm. zipper where you put it on, you have a, you dance all night mm-hmm. and you throw it away. And that's, that is a funny, smart, poignant scene because she thinks she's talking about a condom when she's talking about herself. Ah, yeah, she's talking, yeah. She's talking about the way that Tyler Durden uses her. Oh, interesting. Because yeah, she yeah, says yeah. that right before he kicks her the fuck out of right, the house. Right, right, right. Right? Um, yeah, dude, it's totally an indictment of how they treat Marla. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think that that's an important element. That's once again these. They're, they're, I, I think that we sometimes see interpretation of movies and media. Like people are upset because the movie was mean to the character they like, and I'm like, sure. but there are themes you can take from that, right? Yeah. Like we can't just be mad at the movie because they made the character go through something, you know? Well, that's one of the weirder <laughs> elements of modern fandom that that actually drives me up a wall. The yeah. idea that if uh, a group of fans like a character, that character. Uh, can't ever have conflict or right. suffer or do anything that they yeah. wouldn't do. Yeah. It's a very strange 
uh, controlling tactic that, frankly, a lot of uh, businesses in the media industry like to stir up. I mean, right. now that fandom is hyper-curated. So uh, this, this is a very pro-wrestling way to look at this, but um, the audience, by definition, doesn't know what they want. Right, because if they knew what they wanted, they wouldn't be the fucking audience, <laughs> right? And that's real. Yeah, like, yeah, if, yeah. if they knew what they wanted, they would go off and they would do it. They would right. make it. The audience wants you to give them what they're not, what they, what they, what they want, think but they, they don't, yeah. but they don't no, realize yeah. that they want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I think that's, I think that's a, it's a very like, like asshole wrestling promoter way of thinking. <laughs> but I also think it's accurate. I think it's, I think it's in large part yeah. true in all media. I actually think you know, I, I think that you know, I think that the. <sighs> I think that the, this movie gets a very unfair rap, and and I think it's not necessarily because it influenced these right wing groups, but actually because these right wing groups co opted it and yes. just yes. stole the yes. aesthetics from yes. it. Like it's not that this movie created those groups, and they were, saw the movie and they were like, "We got to be like that." They saw the movie and they were like, "Oh, that's how you appeal to young men with like haircuts that look like that and right. like uh, shirts that look like that, and or shit. at least like, forum a- forum avatars." Exactly. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, like they, you know. Oh, they found, they, figured, they took from the movie that Brad Pitt was handsome, and that's what they co-opted. Yeah. Let, let me tell you something, oh, wow. brother. I took that too. Yeah, it starts from <laughs> SEO. Like it does start from like you know the re- why is Fight Club like being used by the alt right? Because like there were tons of like blog aggregate pages. Like what would Tyler Durden do? Where right. they just like use it on memes. So like these guys, like you know Steve Bannon comes you know around and is like let's appeal to young men. Like what let's are they put them on zerohedge.com? But, but I, I think it's a failure uh, again. And I said earlier, but I I, I want to reiterate because. At the time, in 1998, 1999, you know, the binary in public common conception now, and it's not universal, but definitely in like the weird bubbles that the four of us weirdos sure, exist. Sure, sure, yeah. There is this conception of the fact that liberal is different from leftist. Yes. This is a this is a distinction that's existed for ages, but 20 years ago, people forgot. Correct, yeah, wrap, correct. Wrap their brains around it. They right. did not understand. The so this, only yeah. opposition to the right wing was liberalism. Right. Right? And so when you have that schematic and a movie like this comes out, right. there's only one place that this movie fits in. Right. It does not fit into the liberal schematic. No. This, this is not a movie that's conducive to liberalism. It is openly hostile to the free market, which yeah. is the foundation of liberalism. How right? dare you be mean to the free market? No, and you can't and do like, that. I mean, to be clear, the only acceptable form of anti-establishment ethos in the public eye for the last 15, 16 years has been libertarianism. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. In 1999, when he started, when they started attacking corporate art and blowing up um, coffee shops and uh, credit card companies, the only people in America who were talking about doing that shit on any kind of like recognizable large stage were insane militia men. Yeah. They were right wing. This is five years local, after Oklahoma. Now it's, exactly. yeah. Oklahoma like City now it's normal people like these us. These are Ruby we sit Rage truthers. These are, the whole th- these are guys who are still super pissed off about yeah. Waco and like those yeah. are the only people who yeah. had that kind of ethos. The yeah. left had the left had abandoned their post. Now everybody decades. wants to blow up the credit card companies. Yeah, yeah. Now we don't <laughs> want to blow learned. up the banks. Yeah. <laughs> and seriously, it's wild it's wild to think of how much changed in only yeah. 10 years because yeah. in 2008 crash, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And everything everything changed and the way you view this movie I think needs to change and we're more The fact that this came out before the crash even is prophetic. It's really, yeah. it's really prescient. Yeah. yeah, man, it's the way that we're equipped to deal with and 
engage with this text now is so brutally it's so wildly different yeah. than 20 years ago yeah i did i watched it watching the film i rewatched it this morning uh, as well i what a felt, way to start your day well, I, well actually i did my fucking morning show here i do like oh, a Jesus. morning show every day and then i watch the movie uh, uh, uh but uh, um i did find like the similarly to you guys that i was like oh there's like they're, the politics actually like aren't bad in this movie. Yeah. In fact, they're like mostly extremely good. I would say, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, I they think just you, don't. You know. it, it's interesting how uh, aesthetics play such a part in convincing people that just because the language is old fashioned or the way people talk is you know fifteen twenty years out of date, that doesn't mean that the ideas are all of a sudden old. Here's the thing: I don't even think that the language is bad. Like I would to this like kind of expecting a lot of problematic yeah. language yeah and not let me tell you much. something nah. no there's not, not that really, much like 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 you know bitch tits as using yeah. a female pejorative as it's like a little it's a little late 90s it's a little now. late 90s but i'll tell you what the i uh just coincidentally i watched the first i i hadn't watched it in years i rewatched the first episode of the mighty boosh last night before yeah. bed just <laughs> relax and watch the mighty boosh and <laughs> there was way more problematic awful language in the first episode of this like gentle friendly goofy that everyone BBC likes yeah comedy thing that everybody loved they were using all these words that now yeah we're like unacceptable oh, yeah, yeah dude our third rail fight club didn't even do any yeah, of that not like, a lot fight of club, them like i was ready for t- for there to be for in this discussion for there to be a lot of like well listen it was really great but you know this part there's was really this bad. And, yeah, yeah, like, there's not the line about this yeah, is not great man. no not there's really, yeah there's more problematic stuff in like friends and seinfeld like yeah. way, <laughs> way 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 more stuff 100 every episode of friends has a gay panic of segment every single episode has a yeah. gay panic moment right like that that's not here in fight club there's that's, not a lot of that's problems. a wild thing for and i mean i think this speaks to chuck pilana chuck Pala, chucky p as i call him uh his his unique view and his identity and like where he's writing this stuff from that this could have very in the hands of someone else this could have very easily been a really homophobic mean spirited yeah. yeah like easily mass like uber masculine thing and it's not it's really about it's about men learning to love each other yeah exactly exactly yeah, which is which is again one of my favorite themes well i do think fincher's fincher's like a thoughtful film. filmmaker and a good yeah. filmmaker you know what i mean like a, a fincher is a good director yeah, yeah. what else did he ever do <laughs> david fincher <laughs> he made that orville redenbacher popcorn ad with the cgi orville redenbacher yeah, but there's a, a lot of good stuff in this film. Like it's body positive for one thing. Like it really, it really is. A, a, like all the all, there's all types of different body types fighting, and not it's not just the rip guys who win. Yeah, you know, there's a lot. There, I think. Like, yeah. it, it really is time and, for us as leftists, you know, to go back and try to re-co-opt this right. film. Yeah, like, man. this film is ours. There's it's nothing, ours. It's not a right-wing it's movie. It's anti-shame. It's time for us to re-co-opt this as a leftist film because it has leftist themes and messages and meaning. It's about me. It's about forming a group with your friends, you know, bonding, organizing. It's a film about community it is about organizing. organizing. It's about some guys that start as two guys and they end up blowing up the banks everybody should heed the lessons of this movie yeah. everyone should look at this and aspire to be just like them he cons exactly. his boss right <laughs> he does oh, he cons his boss he cons his boss yeah what's the shit out of himself what's a hero if not someone who cons their boss (laughs) and then blows up the credit card company which by the way that the thing is it while it was inspiring to watch the credit card buildings like explode the thing that i did feel is i was like man 
it would just be so much harder than blowing up the buildings now because it's all on the web. Yeah, like, now you'd have to do so much more than blowing dude, up the that's buildings. A, that's a big difference. The movie the, books, en- the sequel ends with them simultaneously cutting all of the internet cables <laughs> in the ocean. <laughs> that's a big difference from the book too. You know, oh, really? In the book, they blow up a museum. Oh well. So I mean, in the book, in the book, I mean, so the book just is kind of like Project just Mayhem, about Project chaos. Mayhem are villains. Yes. In the it book. becomes fascist in the book because well, they, see, that's, that's, they're, they're more interested in destroying that. culture than destroying institutions. They're more interested huh. in just destruction for the sake of destruction, right. as opposed to I mean, so like, yeah, they're more interested in they. So I mean, and here's the thing, and I think this speaks to um, a, another larger problem in the left is that um, both the movie and both and the book are they promote a form of nihilism. Right. Yeah. Um, but in the book, it veers into fatalism. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's an important distinction because it's one thing to recognize that everything is fucked and a mess, and right. we're probably never going to fix things totally the way we want right. them to be. Definitely not in our lifetime. But it's another thing entirely to throw up your fucking hands. Right. It'd be like right? then not do and anything. say, well, fuck it. Let's just blow up all the museums. Right. <laughs> let's, let's just, right? Like, yeah. that, like that. That's a fatalist right. decision. I think that that's a decision. Again, like it's really illustra- um, illustrative of the left struggles right now in terms of like, you know, there's so many people who like I see and interact with them all the time on the internet that they think, Oh, look, look at all this. It's fucked. Um, you can't trust any of these politicians. Electoral politics don't work. Yeah. The, the military is this reactionary imperialist tool. Yeah. There's no way we're ever going to fix things. Fuck it. Let's just wait for things to collapse. Time to watch, yeah. watch and, Rick and Morty. And that's My, for fucking losers. Man. Yeah. The, the big that, one sucks. Yeah. The big one I've and, been hearing for five years now, even before, all of the stupidity of 2016 was like, we just have to wait for the boomers to die. Like It's going to be a long that's, time. That's, they're as, not going to die. Like 40 that's, more years. that's the same shit as, oh, well, look at the demographics. Right, the, right, right. The, the yeah. right will never win it's going to work itself again. out. Yeah, no, 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 it's nonsense. I mean, no. and it's, it is, and this is, the reason this is dangerous isn't just because, oh, we need these people on our side and we need them active and doing shit. It's dangerous because once you give in to fatalism, you are a hop, skip, and a jump away yeah. from fascism. Absolutely. Because who Absolutely. gives a shit? And that's, that's in yeah. the book, that's what happens. In the hmm. book, the future that Tyler Durden outlines, it's him as like God King, right. ruler. Over well, him. and that's why I would even go as far as to argue in that neoliberalism mixed with social progressivism creates such a violent backlash. Because if you're never going to get a good job and you're never going to have a good future and you're never going to be able to buy a house and that's and your ne- and single payer will never ever ever happen but like yeah it turns out that when you give uh, people no reason to live at all yeah. they won't <laughs> behave like good humans yeah, yeah. and well, on the other side of that is it turns out if you give angry people the right target. Right. You can do these incredible things. You can do things. crazy things. Yeah. yeah. Incredible, things. amazing things like Project Mayhem. Like yes. the, so, the bank. So folks, the, the movie uh, version. Movie Project not the Mayhem. book version. Yeah, the movie yeah. version the is movie. good. I, yeah. I, I'm very pro-museum. Yeah. Just, I, yeah. We, we want to keep I love all the, the museums. <laughs> you should blow up the banks, though, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. So folks, if you liked um, Fight Club, uh, the movie version, and you maybe want to see something similar like that happen. Patreon.com slash struggle session. I'm just saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying we may have a few hidden tiers on there for you know certain <laughs> yeah, goals yeah, we may reach that we won't be talking about on the air. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know Allegedly. Consi- consider it. Consider it. All right. So uh, I, I, Aubrey. Yeah. Tell us about uh tell us about your new book. It's exactly like Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> the movie. The movie. Uh, uh, no, it's not it doesn't really have 
on the the surface similarities to Fight Club is it's all about fighting. Well, every page has shirtless men fighting. Oh, there's a lot of flesh, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of latent man love going on in comic book story of professional wrestling. Uh, It is exactly what it sounds like. It's a history of professional wrestling from the carnival days all the way up to the present. Um, I finished writing it like a year and a half ago, so it goes up to that point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, it will be increasingly out of date as time goes on. That's how books work. Yeah. Uh, are you, are you going to do like the new edition? And uh, keep I don't know. Hope, if it sells enough, man, okay. if we move some fucking units. Uh, <laughs> no, it covers everything though. And we really, we wanted to do something that never been done before, which is to say a history of the entirety of professional mm-hmm. wrestling, not just one wrestler, one promotion, one era, one country, but everything so like i said we start at the beginning we bring it like they're cavemen fighting over mammoth bones <laughs> right and we bring it all the way up to the present and we have individual chapters on wrestling in mexico japan and the united kingdom as yeah. well in order to try and get a, a truly global sense of yeah professional wrestling and you know my goal with this with this was you know it's called the comic book story of professional wrestling and i really wanted to make it a story because something that really bugs me in nonfiction work uh, whether it's comics or documentaries or prose, is when it's just anecdote. Mm-hmm. You know, and the difference between anecdote and story is that story mm-hmm. is curated, and you make choices in terms of what you show and how, right? And how you order it in order to explore themes, right? And so, the same way I would if I was writing um, a fictional book, um, where we're going to explore certain themes and ideas and thesis statements, right? It's kind of how I like to look at it. Uh, we worked really hard to do that with comic book story professional wrestling yeah. as well. So well, it's not just like a list of things that happen yeah no i think it works really well it does Thanks, like man. it does uh, uh build out yeah an entire arc and i'm i'm not somebody who like follows wrestling or is that deeply into wrestling i think it like the story works really really well for this format Thanks, and I, I think it's just like you know it's a very One engaging thing, way, uh, story at, as someone who does follow wrestling <laughs> yeah. and the history <laughs> of, of pro wrestling Uh-oh. knows a lot about pro wrestling Uh-oh. has written extensively about pro wrestling i have to say aubrey I actually learned a lot of stuff I did not know about pro wrestling from this book in an entertaining way. Now, of course, um, there should have been at least 30 to 40 pages dedicated to um, Joshi Pro Wrestling and Minami Toyota, but (laughs) I'm sure that will be in the second That's in the sequel. Yeah, dude, that was one of the toughest things is figuring out what to leave on the cutting room floor. And Mm -hmm. like, because there there are a lot of like, personal favorite wrestlers of mine um, or stories or eras or just kind of like themes and stuff that I really wanted to explore. But we had 170 pages, which is big. It's a big chunk of a graphic novel, but when you're trying to cover everything and also, you know, it's a graphic novel, it's comics, it's supposed to be visual. So, I wanted to leave room for Chris Moreno, who's my co-creator on it, to do what he does best. And, and it's what that great. Guy, what it that really guy does great. is character and period work and action. Mm-hmm. And you need room on the page to do that. So yeah, it hurt having to cut certain things out of the narrative. <laughs> but like the the rule I had for myself was, you know, I set up a few different thesis statements and yeah. like kind of like um, through lines um, yeah. that we're gonna explore throughout every single chapter of the book, and then we're gonna build on them until the end with the crescendo. Um and if Something didn't fit in with that. I lost it. Mm-hmm. I jettisoned it. And it, it, it yeah. hurts sometimes. Well, it works well. It works Did you well. Have a, uh, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed specifically how you would occasionally pause just to break down and explain certain concepts. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Because, like, a specific, like uh, you had a glossary of, of professional wrestling terms, I believe, like in the page Pretty 20 early, yeah. or 30. It's early, yeah. It's after, like, the first or second chapter. Yeah, yeah. like chapter two or three. Like, and I, there was uh, the, the fact that the, the carnival origins were really interesting. The fact that so much of what we now know comes from 
both Carnival and, you know, potentially like it, it sounds like even vaudeville to a point. Yeah. But, I mean, the, there's the a lot theatrical, of theatrical, right? You know, cause vaude- vaudeville and wrestling both grew out of yeah. traveling carnival shows, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like the, and politics grew out, grew out of that pretty much. And the <laughs> idea that these matches were being rigged even in yeah. these, in, even in the days before yeah. people, uh, as early as the er- 1880s. 1880s. Wow. Yeah. is when, wrestling started to be fixed and not necessarily every match but uh you know by the 1900s yeah. everything was fixed. And, that, and, and that in your thesis is what makes it the one true sport mm-hmm. exactly i was going to say that uh uh you know uh you know the opposite of leslie uh, once again as someone who was not a huge fan of wrestling i don't need to read a 20 page you know uh uh like Distraction about whatever wrestler Leslie wants to read about. Whatever. <laughs> wow, Jeremy. Wow, that's if really, probably would have flipped the story. Really up. Toyota is very important, and <laughs> yeah. she is in the book. She is in there. She okay. Is in there. Okay. Okay. Wow, yeah. Jack. Wow. Twenty pages, Leslie. That's the Come worst on. thing you've much. said to me <laughs> on this show. Maybe you've actually <laughs> heard him. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I, I think that. Leslie and I are going to need some time to repair our shattered relationship, but uh, 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 I think we are going to need to fight, Jack. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's time. Uh, um, but uh, Aubrey, thank you for being here. Everybody should course, really check out the, uh, the the comic, the comic book story of professional wrestling. Uh, it's very cool. Actually, my wife, when I told her you were coming on the show, she was like, "Oh, I like have heard about his book. Somebody oh, was telling awesome. me to get it." It's working. I was like, oh, it's cool. Working. I guess. Like, yeah, it's uh, out October second. It's yeah. myself and Chris Moreno um, is my co creator. He's the amazing artist on it. I got a list. I'm sorry, I got to list out all the names of the people who worked on this thing because yeah. they're great and they deserve Letterer. credit. All the colorists um, that worked on it: uh, Leno Grady, Alan Pasalacqua, uh, Jay Moreno, Brad Simpson. Uh, and our letterist, uh, Russ Wooten, the mighty, mighty Russ Wooten. Um, it comes out Russ October Wooten. 2nd. He's done a lot of stuff. He did like what? He did like uh, Invincible, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've known Russ since I was like a child working oh, wow. at Marvel Comics. And I worked with him a ton as an editor on books there. And then when I edited Kirkman's books, I worked with him on everything. This is the first time I got to work with Russ wow. as a writer, though. Wow. I was really excited Very about cool. it. Very uh, cool. But yeah, it's out October 2nd. It's available for pre-order everywhere uh local bookstores of course if you want to order it from an online retailer no shame from me that's good too <laughs> wherever you want to get it man you're what is one better than the other for you you know what um is this in- uh, is this not, interesting? yeah why not yeah uh, I think it's so no i mean like they both do really different oh, really? things for me so if you order from an, a brick and mortar store um it's we're past the point that you can order it from a comic book shop and get it on release day. Uh-huh. You can still order from a comic book shop or local bookstore. That's great because you're supporting these small businesses. Yeah, the, it's and, for the business, though, yeah, not really for and, you. But it's good for me, too, because it lets them know that there's going to be demand. Ah, so they gotcha. order shelf copies. And they order extra ones, um, sure. If you order from Amazon or somewhere, honestly, that's also really great for me uh, yeah. because it helps me in the Amazon sales rankings and yeah. the algorithms. And but the, the people in the factory have to hold their piss. I mean, this is true. Uh, <laughs> but my taxes also pay for drone strikes. So yeah, so hey, it's hard to live under capitalism, <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah. It, it is. makes it's criminals difficult. of us all. Yeah. So buy, <laughs> buy this book wherever you want and don't feel guilty about it. Yeah, yeah. Buy the book, though. All right, well, uh, see you next time, everybody. Take it easy. Feet on the end, your head on the ground. Try this trick and spin it. Yeah. Your head will collapse if there's nothing in it And you'll ask yourself, where is my mind? Where is my mind? Where is my mind? Way out in the water, see it swimming Way out
Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.